Chapter 34 The great Tao is like a river, winding through the land. The living things sprout from it, and its gifts never stop flowing. It achieves marvelous things, but doesn't take credit. It gives birth to, clothes, and raises the living things, but it doesn't claim to own them. Since it covets nothing, it appears lowly. The living things keep coming back for the life it pours out, but it doesn't use their reliance as an opportunity to lord it over them. It is great. Because it doesn't seek greatness, it is magnificent. What comes to mind with this chapter is in a lot of our traveling experiences, we've looked for places to go and places to eat. And there was one time when we were in Hong Kong and we weren't quite sure, you know, where we wanted to eat. We were in like a, a row that had several different restaurants and things like that. And, you know, some were a lot more crowded and there was one that there was somebody out there trying to, you know, encourage us to, to come in and, you know, being in a foreign place, not speaking the language very, very well. It was one of those things where it was like, somehow it, it kind of felt inviting that somebody was encouraging us to come in and sit down in a place maybe where we were, were wanted. But then the food wasn't that great. And I realized as we, we were looking around, we're like, okay, there's not a lot of people here for a reason. There was something kind of similar that happened to us when we were in Miami and we were once again looking for places and they, it was a whole row of restaurants. All of them, you know, definitely seemed overpriced. We weren't sure where to go. We were, you know, kind of going to maybe go into a couple different places. Didn't do that. Started to feel a little maybe frustrated and wasn't sure. So we went ahead and there was somebody encouraging us to come and eat at this restaurant. And once again, we fell for it. And and the food was terrible, extremely overpriced, uh, and they were just literally trying to just to get you know tourists to come and you know get, we got this like big fishbowl margarita thing. I don't know. It was like sixty bucks or something like that. Something you know. So it's one of those things where we got suckered in. We we were looking for a place and what we did was we allowed somebody else to say hey here you need this place come here come you know we got great deals or whatever they might be trying to sell so we've now learned as we're traveling that those are the places that we definitely avoid when we look around and we're not seeing locals or it's looking empty that's usually a pretty good warning sign when you're in an area that you're not familiar with that that's not where you want to necessarily eat when we see long lines, however, or a big wait, then we, you know, usually look that place up and yelp and say, you know, what's what's exciting about this place? Why is there a big line? And and we decide whether it's maybe worth, you know, waiting in that line or or just we look to see where do the locals recommend, and not sort of the the person at the front desk that the concierge is going to tell you certain things. I'm talking about like just actually having conversations with people in the area and then just say hey what's your favorite place and those times that we have gotten those recommendations they've been some of our best experiences and we've really really enjoyed it and so 
I think this whole thing still, to me, also applies, especially with church. There are times that we have connected really well uh, at, you know, with, with certain churches and pastors and things like that, and it's been a wonderful experience. There are other times when we've been either visiting or, you know, been to churches or whatever that we're, we hear more of a different message. It's sort of the message where the pastor is saying that we need them. And always the, those are the times when I start hearing that kind of thing where the pastor's like, yeah, you need me. And I need a pastor sometimes, but when the pastor is saying I need them, those are probably more likely the people I don't need. What I do need is somebody that I know I need, that where the, it's a life-giving experience to be a part of, you know, this, this, this church or this congregation. And I would say this would ring true for any group that you are uh, participating in or considering joining or be a part of or, or whatever. Are they telling you how much you need them? Or do you know deep down inside, do you have that feeling like for whatever whatever the message is, whatever that they're offering, whatever community that they're bringing together, that it's life-giving and it's not something that they're telling you that you need. It's something that you know and you can feel that this is something you're drawn to, that this is something you want to be a part of. And that is a pretty good indicator of what sorts of things are worth putting your 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 time into and in trying to be a part of. It's where you're going to walk away refreshed, not drained. And so paying attention to some of that is, is, it reminds me of, you know, that idea of sort of going with the flow, not trying so hard to earn something or make something work. It's literally just sort of, you're going along and seeing, you know, where, where this takes you. Where are you inclined to go and where do you find life-giving opportunities? I think sometimes there's a tendency, especially in the in our American society, to value sometimes more um, more certainty. And uh, you know, there were I heard a couple of people talking, and they were talking about whether they were somebody that was like. Uh, are they a rock or are they somebody that is more like, you know, water and flows? And there was a tiny bit of me like kind of hearing a little bit, maybe this is just my own bias, I'm not sure, but that there seemed to be a little bit more um, encouragement or respect for those that uh, are rocks versus those that are that are flowing. Usually the flowers are often considered more sometimes maybe the the people that are helpful that want to please people and things like that. I think as long as your flowing is done in healthy ways it's there there is a lot less work going with flows rather than trying to be this this rock unmovable thing. Water can be very powerful and cut through and you know even the some of the biggest rocks we have the Grand Canyon and there is a strength in being able to flow with the situation and not need anything to bend for it or just to not allow 
you know, just things getting in the way you, to deter them from what the ultimate goal is or the mission. So what, what is your goal? What is your mission? And are we approaching it even as more of a rock-like mentality or are we going with the flow? And the other thing is, is are we doing it for something that gives us um, some sort of recognition that there's so many times in our, in our society that we are, you know, trained to sort of look for where can we, where do we get recognized or we, we often want to be seen and heard and noticed. Like there's a, there's awards. We start our kids pretty young with giving awards at school. We have, you know, employee acknowledgements and even, you know, employee of the month sometimes at certain places. We have holidays that are meant for recognition for like Mother's Day, Father's Day, Valentine's. And it is really, really good to recognize and thank people that are are important in your life. But those things are so much more meaningful when it springs up spontaneously rather than uh, when it is the day on the calendar that you you do that. Or, you know, the time where this is the time of year where we, we do this. If you notice that somebody is doing something that, um, you know, that you appreciate, that like, it is really nice to let them know that. But if we are trying to do those things for that recognition, what the Tao Te Ching is telling us here in this chapter is that it's when we aren't seeking to be great that we do become great. It's when we nourish things, but we're not expecting to own them. Like I think of our children and raising our children where it says we give birth to, clothe, and raise the living things, raise our children, but it, it doesn't claim to own them. If we, if we think that somehow our children become, you know, little people that have to do things for us because they owe us something, that that relationship will be missing um, a whole depth to it that can would would naturally grow from unconditional love and just nourishing and pouring your heart into whatever you're doing and not expecting anything in return. So again, what are your goals? What is your mission? And why are you doing it? Are you doing it for the love of what it is that you're doing? Or are you doing it for the recognition that you might get? And I think those are two very different things with very likely different outcomes. We've heard before that your legacy of love will endure forever. What is your legacy of love? that is what's going to endure. Well, friends, I hope you have a great rest of your week. And that somehow, somewhere in there, you can find some assurance and reassurance in the things that you're doing that are life-giving. And maybe decide to get rid of something that isn't or that you're doing for the wrong reasons. Because that's probably making you less happy and feel busy without actually finding what I hope you can, that real deep peace upon peace.
Thank you.